Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode here on RNFM Radio on the Pulse of Nursing. This is the leading platform for nurses, and we're always thrilled to have you tune in for the latest news, trends, and hot topics with the leaders and thought provokers in our industry. Speaking of tuning in, you're tuning in to episode number 90, and we're coming in live right now, November 18th, 2013, creeping up on Thanksgiving and all the various holidays out there. Welcome. I'm Kevin Ross. I'm hanging out in my studio in Colorado. My fellow co-host, he's back in this neck of the woods, at least in Santa Fe. So we'll check in with him, and I'll turn the mic back over to him for a moment so he can just say, hey, how you doing? So, hey, Keith, how you doing? Hey, Kev, how you doing? I'm doing well myself down here in Santa Fe. We were in New York City for a week, and I am so happy to be back in the Southwest, I have to say. No offense to my friends and colleagues and family out in the New York area, but boy, the big skies and the um, lovely weather and the beautiful land here in New Mexico really floats my boat. So happy to have all of you here with us tonight for episode number 90. We have a great guest for you tonight and lots of great shows coming up over the next month or so. So Kevin, if you want to give folks the rundown on how to get in touch and stay in touch, and then I will be introducing our guest forthwith. All right. Well, and we have something new. We have a sponsor for this show, so I need to give props to them. And I am giving props to Degree Story at Discord degreestory.com. Now, here's the deal. They're running a contest. Now, this is your chance to peel back the curtain on nursing and help outsiders understand your life. Submit a story that breaks down misconceptions and shines a light into nursing. They want to hear from you. They want to know about your career, your struggles, what's the most rewarding part about being a nurse, and do you have a specific patient story that means something to you? But of course, keep in mind all that HIPAA compliance that we have to um, deal with as nurses. Whatever it is, write what is in your heart. Your experience matters. And, of course, uh, you can do that if you head on over to DegreeStory.com. And, you can, and it's simple. It, there's no uh, limitation as far as the words are concerned. And just a little blurb is fine, or you can flush it out as much as you want to. And I will be tweeting that out at Innovative Nurse, those um, contact details to get over to DegreeStory.com for that. The first prize is a $1,000 Amazon gift card. Second prize is $500. And the third prize is $200. And I love Amazon. So the dates for this contest run from October 15th, which we are not in October. We're in November. But will end on December 4th. So definitely get your entry in there. And they will announce, select and announce the winner, uh, or winners, that is, first, second, and third prizes for December 5th. And I will be uh, tweeting that link out here momentarily to DegreeStory.com. And, of course, feel free to, to follow them on Twitter at DegreeStory. Now, on to our show here and where you're finding us and where we're hanging. Well, where are we hanging? Hang out on RNFMRadio.com, and you'll find out pretty much everything you want to know about Keith and myself and the show and, of course, all of our wonderful guests. So at RNFMRadio.com, we are broadcasting our shows live under the Listen Now button, and of course, all of our archive shows are there as well. We um, have a little Twitter chatter going on uh, out there right now under the hashtag RNFM Radio. So if you follow that hashtag, you'll pick up what we're laying down on the Twitter sphere and anything in the interwebs. That hashtag is pretty much cross-platform, and we're using it everywhere that we are hanging out. 
Of course, you can hang uh, with us, too, on iTunes under the podcast section, uh, just under the search bar, RNFM Radio, all one word. And you can listen to all of our shows archived on your iOS devices or whatever device uh, that you have iTunes on. We are also proud to be ProMed Network members, so you can find us over there, promednetwork.com forward slash RNFM radio. And, of course, give us a call, a shout-out, voicemail, text, something just to say, hey, I'm still alive and breathing, I love your show, or, hey, I don't really like that so much, could you uh, change something? I don't know. 720-466-3022. That's our voicemail and our texting line. And, of course, our most important line, and then I'll be, and I'm going to run out of breath and give the mic back to Keith, is call this number. You can call it right now, or you can call it in a few minutes, but just call the number, 347 347- 308-8064, and we'll bring you in on the show to offer any feedback, questions, or comments for our wonderful guest this, night, uh, this evening. And without further ado, I'm handing the virtual mic back to Keith so that he can announce and bring in our wonderful, wonderful guest this evening on RNFM Radio. So back to you, Keith. Thank you, Kevin. Boy, that was a mouthful, and you did it with such grace. Thank you, Kevin. Now, tonight, we're moving on to our wonderful guest, Janet Fontana, registered nurse. Janet reinvented herself when a latex allergy ended her hospital nursing career. She took positive action, finding tools for improving her health through yoga, meditation, exercise, and nutrition. So inspired by the benefits she gained in using a mind-body approach to restore her health, Janet pursued a master's degree in health education and integrative health practices. She also completed training in mind-body medicine and positive psychology, and she became certified as a yoga and meditation teacher. Janet has helped thousands of individuals reduce their levels of stress, optimize their health, and get more enjoyment out of life. She's happy to share with the RNFM radio community her experience and the journey from hospital nurse to very successful and healthy nurse entrepreneur. So Janet Fontana, a hearty welcome to RNFM radio. Thank you, Keith. And thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Sure. It is really our pleasure. You and I spoke on the phone a couple of months ago and had a really lovely chat, and you're back in Massachusetts, my old homeland. And I I wanted, yes, and sorry to keep you up so late, but you're really being a trooper about being with us here after 9 p.m. Eastern. That's okay. Not quite my bedtime yet. Oh, good. That's good. Well, if you fall asleep, we'll, we'll jog you awake halfway through the show. Now, Janet, um, you've had a pretty wide clinical experience, and we will talk about your journey as a nurse entrepreneur very shortly because you're doing so many exciting things. Can you tell us a little bit about this amazing story that you told me personally of the latex allergy and what happened and then how the recovery began? Sure. Well, it started back in probably in 1993. I started having more allergy symptoms, especially when I was at work. And I had had seasonal allergies since my college days, so I didn't really make the correlation between the exposure to latex at work and my allergy symptoms for quite a while. And, in fact, I had been to an allergist who told me that he thought it was you know, springtime, and it was my seasonal allergies. I was getting allergy shots at the time, 
and then one night coming home from work from a 3 to 11 shift, I had a near anaphylactic reaction where I felt my throat swelling, my chest got tight, I started coughing. And I never had a reaction to wearing gloves. It was all more respiratory symptoms. And then a couple of times I had um, exposures to latex outside of work, once when I was at a kid's birthday party and another time when my mom had given my kids big blow-up punching balls and they were punching them in the room where I was and I started coughing and my voice started getting hoarse. And when I told the allergist about these symptoms, he told me that I had a very high-level sensitivity to latex and I had to be very careful to avoid any exposure. Well, I had just worked two 12-hour shifts over the weekend, and I was scheduled to work the next day, 3 to 11, and I said to the allergist, well, no problem, I'll just stop and buy some vinyl gloves before I go into work. And he said to me, no, because of the exposure to latex in the air, you can no longer work in any type of a clinical setting. You can no longer work as a hospital nurse. And, you know, I was in shock. I you know, I, I didn't see it coming at all. I just thought there'd be some way to work around it. And, you know, obviously now there's many hospital environments that are latex-free, and I could work in those kind of a settings. But at that time, latex was so prevalent that I didn't have a choice but to give up my hospital nursing career. So I had been at Brigham and Women's Hospital for about 12 and a half years um, when that happened. So it was April of 1994 that I had to leave clinical nursing. Wow, Janet. Now, I remember this story when you told it to me when you and I spoke on the phone a few months ago. So one thing I'm not clear about, if you could clarify for us, how long had you been a nurse once this um, latex allergy really manifested itself? Um, I had been, well, after I graduated from college, that was my first position was at Brigham and Women's Hospital. And I had a few positions within the hospital working at a, on a surgical unit and then the surgical intensive care unit. So I had been there for 12 and a half years, and that's when I started noticing the symptoms of the latex allergy. Mm. You, you know, I wanted to, um, well, I just want to chime in personally. I've had, I, I know when I first entered the field um, in, in a clinical setting many years ago, I have, uh, underlying, I do have some asthma and seasonal allergies. And for me, for latex, I know that, um, I hadn't had any issues until about maybe about 10, maybe 8, 10 years ago um, where I noticed I was becoming actually more and more sensitive to it. Like I would almost feel like I would have like these bronchospasms like that my airway would start closing up, um, but just in the upper airway um, and I'd start wheezing and then it progressively got worse. So, you know, I, I had become that advocate for myself that I was always helping others become advocates for when it came to latex. Um, when I had to have a procedure done, I had to make sure that the entire uh, setup was latex-free because um, who knows what would have happened if I was under, you know, unconscious sedation um, with really no airway, uh, at least not being intubated for this procedure, uh, what would have occurred. So I was just, I kind of had my finger on the pulse of that, but I had just noticed it just gotten progressively worse and worse for me personally. Um, and, right. and certainly something that... that for, like symptomatically, it, it was quick onset, and I, and I had never had something like that before. I eat bananas, I eat kiwi, um, I you know a lot of the stuff. I consume a lot of the stuff um, that ultimately, for folks that are allergic to latex, when it comes from a pulmonary standpoint, uh, I'm, I, those are fine. 
But right. anyway, wow. sorry, I just want to throw my two cents in there. No, no, that's good. Banana is actually one thing that I cannot eat any longer um, because I did find out mm. that after I developed an allergy to latex, I could no longer eat bananas. I had a sensitivity to that. Not nearly the reaction that I would have to latex, but still right. I would start having some itching in my mouth and my ears and so forth. So that was one thing I needed to stay away from. But Talk about an occupational hazard in, in, right. for a nurse, that's for sure. Right. Oh, Absolutely. And, you know, I started developing some occupational asthma, as as you were describing as well, you know, things that I never had before. I, I had seasonal allergies, so I always had more, you know, nasal symptoms and maybe a scratchy throat, those kind of things, watery eyes. But it started to become more serious with the, you know, coarseness of the voice and chest tightness and, you know, some wheezing and, and so forth. Well, Janet, that sounds so scary to be in an environment where you're working where latex is absolutely ubiquitous in every aspect of the work that you do. That must have really thrown a loop into your career, realizing that, oh my God, latex is everywhere. What can I do? I work in the hospital. Where can I go? So how did you approach this amazing wrench that was thrown into the course of your career? Well, for, it took a while, honestly, before it sunk in. Um, there were many nurses, actually, at the time that I needed to leave Brigham and Women's Hospital that were similarly affected with latex allergy and or chemical sensitivities. And I had also started to develop, not as seriously as some of the other nurses, some chemical sensitivities that, you know, perfumes and aftershave and being in, you know, clothing stores or car exhaust would caused me to have some symptoms of headaches and joint pain, fatigue, and so forth. So I really felt like a lot of my, you know, my good health was really spiraling down and then also put into the workers' comp um, system, you know, seeing the doctors that they requested that you see, but also financially um, having, you know, my pay cut and so forth. So it was a very, very stressful time. And there were support groups, which because I wasn't the only nurse who was affected, we, we were able to meet and get together um, just to help people process what was happening and you know, to try to help us to figure out where we wanted to go from there. And for me, I feel like I was very fortunate in that there were a lot of people in my neighborhood, and I think it's just an interesting time when I think back to it, that were into holistic health in one way or another. And there was a woman who moved into my neighborhood about six months after I left the hospital, and she started practice, teaching yoga classes in her home. And that was my first experience in practicing yoga. And we can talk a little bit more about that. But some of the other things, you know, through this network of other nurses, I learned of this uh, physician who specialized in environmental medicine, and through him, I started taking a lot of vitamins and supplements. He told me to go on as close to an organic diet as I could, to cut out a lot of the toxins in my environment, which, honestly, I never really gave a lot of thought to. You know, um, cleaning products, a lot of chemicals in them, um, even hair products, shampoos, you know, soaps and those things that had a lot of perfumes and colors, and especially in my diet thinking about, you know, all the chemicals that we can consume in processed foods. So I really cleaned up my diet. Um, So for me, 
um, the way that I best coped with it after, you know, feeling absolutely devastated for a while was to start focusing on what I could do to restore my health. So there was a lot of the situation that I couldn't control. But um, I, I started focusing on how I could take better care of myself. Well, that's great, Janet. Thank you so much for bringing up all of those points. Boy, it feels like you're speaking my story. My wife and I developed multiple chemical sensitivity slash environmental illness after living in a home infested with black mold that we didn't know had mold at the time. So we also, yeah, we pursued treatment with an environmental doctor in Western Massachusetts. You're in Eastern Mass. And we changed our diets, went on supplements, and have... And we still avoid perfumes and and chemical cleaners and all of those things because most of them contain fragrances, synthetic chemicals, endocrine disruptors. There's amazing numbers of hormone disruptors and other um, horrible um, compounds in many of our mainstream products that we put either in our home, on our bodies, or or even in our clothes when we wash them. So I'm really appreciating personally what you've been through to clean up your act, so to speak, and live a cleaner life so that you can recover and live a really full life having had these sensitivities that developed. So you mentioned yoga, you mentioned mind-body medicine, you mentioned um, environmental medicine. So tell us a little bit about how you went from there, from okay, this is what I could do for myself, this is how I can improve my own health, then how did that start to seem like something that could actually be something you practiced in your professional life, not just your personal life? Right. So it took probably a couple of years of exploring for myself, you know, changes in my diet, exercise, you know, practicing yoga and meditation. And I, the more I got into those communities, the more I also learned about herbal medicine and homeopathy and acupuncture, Reiki, um, some of the other practices that I use to help restore my health. And I wanted to find some way that I could still work with people and give back and educate them about wellness. So I decided to get my master's degree in health education and integrative health practices. So I actually wrote my thesis about educating adults about an integrative approach to treating allergies and asthma, you know, a lot of it based on my own experience um, and then the research in those, you know, research about adult learning theory for the health education part of it and then research about mind-body techniques, nutrition, acupuncture, and, and so forth in treating allergies and asthma. And while I was in grad school, my neighbor, who I'd been taking yoga classes with for a few years now, she was moving to Florida, and she really encouraged me to become certified as a yoga instructor. And, I mean, honestly, before I left the hospital, because I was in a very traditional medical setting, I never even thought about taking a yoga class. And, you know, this was back in the mid-1990s, so it wasn't nearly as popular. But I was inspired by my practice and saw how much I benefited, and I decided that I would become certified as a yoga instructor. So I finished pretty much overlap my yoga teacher training with my master's um, degree, and then shortly after that, I decided to do a clinical training program in mind-body medicine sponsored by the Mind-Body Institute in Boston. 
and I started a business with another woman who I met in my yoga class. So one thing kind of led to another, you know, once you, as I'm sure that um, you've experienced yourself, you know, you start getting out there and you connect with one person and then another person leads you to something else. And that's sort of how this, you know, journey happened for me. So I met this woman and we started doing corporate stress management programs. But we didn't, I didn't end up doing that for very long. We, I, we stayed together for about a year. And then, is interestingly, as I was doing this walking meditation near my home, I kept having this vision of running a continuing education conference at this beautiful function facility that's only about a mile from where I live. And that was really what kind of launched me towards starting the business of nursing continuing education conferences. Wow. So, well, Janet, and welcome to the world of entrepreneurship. I love it, um, and I can't imagine doing anything else uh, for so many reasons. And it seems like if I could take a stab at it um, here is that part of your decision to become an entrepreneur, starting your own business, um, is about choice and uh, having the making that decision to do what you want to do as a clinician and work with who you want to work with doing, you know, promoting the health and wellness that you so felt the need for your, you know, for yourself personally. Um, but what I find, you know, as far as entrepreneurship and when we talk about the money aspects and financial freedom and stuff, but I actually just think about the freedom to be able to do what I want when I want with those clients that I so desire to work with. Um, mm -hmm. Would you say that that would be part of the impetus of you starting your business? I think for me, um, actually, a lot of it came from recognizing that before I developed the latex allergy and when my whole nursing world really focused on hospital nursing, I had no understanding whatsoever uh, about how our thoughts and our emotions, our mental attitude um, affected our physical health and in outcomes. I mean, maybe at some level I understood that, but I didn't know the power of practices like mindfulness and meditation and visualization. And I certainly didn't know them for myself either in terms of taking care of myself. So for me, what I really wanted to do, I mean, I think the starting the corporate programs was really more just because I met this person and that was her background. But what I really started to feel this really strong desire to do was to bring what I had learned through my experience back to my colleagues, back to other nurses, and to work with other healthcare professionals as well who could help me to put together these full-day conferences that would educate nurses about integrative health practices. So the first conference that I um, presented was in the fall of 2001, and interestingly, my mailing went out on 9-11, and I didn't really know how people would respond. I had set up two dates, one in October and one in November, and the conference was called Stress Recess, A Time for You. So it was held at a beautiful facility, which was, you know, as a nurse, I wanted to create an experience that I would enjoy going to. So it was held at a function facility where you host weddings, it included lunch, and in addition to the presentation all around reducing stress, there were, we, I had a healing arts exhibit where I invited local practitioners, Reiki practitioners, chiropractors, acupuncturists, 
and so forth to come and give nurses mini demos of what they did and talk to them about about their practices during the breaks and at lunchtime. Um, so for me, I, I know what you're saying, and that's where I'm at now in terms of the flexibility and so forth, but I think that what really helped to drive me to start the business was wanting to help other nurses find these practices. Well, that's really wonderful, Janet. And I, as a former massage therapist and yoga teacher myself, prior to my nursing career, I understand that desire to integrate what you know personally, what you've experienced in your own life, and then wanting to just, so to speak, preach the gospel to others and bring what you've learned to other people and say, hey, this worked for me, this could work for you too. And I'm wondering, in that experience for you, what was it like at first, when you first started stepping out into the world as an entrepreneur, putting yourself on the line in that way, what were some of the challenges to putting yourself out on a limb and saying, okay, this is who I am, this is what I believe, and this is what I want you to know? What came up for you at that time? Because I know a lot of us new entrepreneurs have those little moments of feeling like an imposter or feeling like, hmm, can I really do this? So how was it for you? (laughs) Right. Well, one of the major fears I needed to get over was that I never, ever saw myself as being a public speaker. That was something from a young age I was deathly afraid of. So it's very interesting that that's what I have ended up doing as a nurse entrepreneur is delivering presentations and trainings, whether, you know, for groups of 10 at a small workshop to, you know, a few hundred people in an audience. So that was, um, personally, that was a huge leap of faith for me. And I think really it was a lot of my, you know, the yoga practices and the meditation that helped me to be able to get up in front of everybody. But it's I've struggled with other times during my business, but I think that initial, it just seemed to flow. You know, when you know that something's right and it all just kind of comes together for you. And um, so that first experience, I feel in some ways I was very lucky that it was as successful as it was um, to come right out of the door and, you know, deliver these conferences. I also, um, you know, connected with some great people to be part of the conference with me. And one of those people is a woman, uh, one of the people I worked with was a woman who had been speaking for years. She was, she's a humorist. Her name's Rosemary. And she did a segment at the end of the day called Laugh for the Health of It. So she was a great mentor for me in terms of my presentation skills, but also in helping me to put together the healing arts exhibit and to find facilities where we could hold the programs and so forth. Um, but it was, um, it was very intimidating you know, those first couple of times getting up in front of the big audience, especially of your peers. It's very different, um, you know, as opposed to speaking for a lay group when you're speaking to other nurses. So there was definitely some anxiety around, you know, what do I, what do I know that they want to know? Um, so, but I've, you know, I always preface my presentations, too, with that, you know, even though I'm standing up here in front of you, it, I still need to hear all of this and to be reminded of it and you know every time I do a presentation I'm learning as well and how much I've learned from the audiences that I've worked with. 
Right. Well, Janet, there there are various levels of expertise, and um, you know Keith and I have talked about that. Keith actually uh, a recent post that that um, got quite a bit of traction, and we were talking about just a nurse, but we we can certainly go into that later. But um, you know, Janet, that that's the thing. I too had that nervous energy when in my company I had to get in front of people and share my expertise with other clinicians in the room. Mm-hmm. Yet what what I came to found I, I found out was that you know we all have various levels of expertise like I just said and we know a little bit more in this area or or that area, but um, quite frankly. You know, as a whole, I felt like I had answers to many of the questions that these clinicians had, and certainly that was a nice little boost for me to feel like, okay, because you do feel like an imposter, thinking like, uh, I'm not, am I really an expert? And of course, right. again, there are various degrees of expertise, so you do find that, yeah, you are an expert for somebody who knows very little about what you're talking about, and they want to actually know more um, mm-hmm. from you because you know more than them about that certain subject than then, I mean, it's a great little booster for you, and I think for nurses in general, but as an entrepreneur, because when you do hang your own shingle, you feel like, well, wow, I'm really out here alone, even though you're right. not alone, but you represent, you know, you're the brand, you know, as a clinical expert and, you know, as the face of your company. So, I mean, my hat's off to you to, to blaze those trails along with the other entrepreneurs out there doing that, and I can second feeling that, that nervous energy in the beginning um, as an entrepreneur, so I'm oh, glad yeah. that you were able to share that because I think a lot oh. of us might not necessarily take that leap of faith in ourselves, and so it's good to hear that across the board we have these same feelings. Yeah, I think everybody is nervous um, to some extent, and it's true. I think, you know, I mean, our profession, we're very um, ed- well educated and experienced, so there is certainly some nervousness that goes you know, goes through your mind when you're starting your own business and who am I, you know, who am I to be doing this, you know, those kind of voices mm-hmm. in your head. But, um, you know, finding something that you feel really passionate about, I think, is was really key for me, for, for sure. Right. Well, well Janet, it sounds well, like, oh, go ahead, Kevin, then I'll chime well, in. Well, no, no, I was just going to say, like, I was just going to build on the passion that you and Keith were actually talking about as far as uh, another piece of the impetus is that when you start feeling good, something that you're doing for yourself that's helping you professionally and personally, then I, too, echo those sentiments of wanting to share that with other people, whether that be other clinicians or the clients that are the general public out there. But you just, you know, you're like, wow, this really does work. I really feel awesome, and I want you to feel awesome, too. And you, mm-hmm. and that a passion just sort of, it, it, you can exude, you just present that, you project it in, as part of your brand. And people want to be next to you because it's infectious, but the good kind of infection. Right, right, um, yeah. So you know, I, I, I applaud that too. Oh, thank you, thanks. Well, it wasn't really, you know, part of the aha for me after leaving clinical nursing was to, you know, my kids were little, they were three, five, and seven, was to look at how well or not I was taking care of myself. And, you know, coming to that realization, I know you, um, you guys have talked about this a lot about self-care for nurses, but recognizing that I wasn't doing a good job. So this was my way, too, of giving other nurses permission to take better care of themselves and to educate them about some, you know, some ways of doing that beyond, you know, Western medicine, which really focuses on waiting until you become ill 
So this was more about how do you stay healthy, how do you stay energized, and how do you stay connected to what really brings meaning and purpose into your own life. Mm-hmm. Well said, Janet. And I just wanted to ask, or actually make a statement first, then ask you a question. It seems like you took this latex allergy, which could have really stymied your career completely, and you could have just decided, well, I'm just going to go do something entirely different. I'm going to go get a business degree. But you decided to leverage your personal experience into an entrepreneurial vision and also a vision for health for yourself and others. So can you talk a little bit more about how you've taken that and how it's affected your life positively in maybe other aspects of your life as well? Sure. Um, I mean, I've maintained you know, some of the the healthy practices that we talked about and certainly growing and, and learning more. I think there's different, there's times when I feel like I've personally, you know, maybe done a better job of eating well or exercise, as we all do, but that is is a hugely important part of my life, just making that a, a priority, exercising, eating well, taking time for myself, doing things that I enjoy doing. And as one of the benefits I can see, is really in my my own kids and how they take care of themselves and the the way that I've modeled um, good taking good care of myself and also using mind body techniques. So when my kids were younger, I taught yoga classes actually in my home, and of course they thought I was crazy and <laughs> didn't you know didn't want anything to do with it. But now to see them taking yoga classes and two of my kids are vegetarian and they're, you know, my daughter ran in the San Francisco marathon and just to see them like make health and wellness a priority is very rewarding for me. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? My son and his, his wife, my daughter-in-law, they're both around 30 or 31 years old and they live up in the Boston area and they're really into their health, they're into eating well, they're always trying different dietary practices and supplements. So the apples don't necessarily fall far from the tree and it's it's nice to see when even though when they were teenagers they just wanted to have Doritos and, you know, and soda that right. when they get past that that period, and they're in their late 20s and early 30s, they want to take care of themselves and yeah. maybe follow in mom and dad's footsteps a little bit. So right. that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And yeah. I want to point out to our listeners, I've tweeted out some of your contact information, Janet, and I just want to say that you can just go to JanetFontana.com and you see a lovely picture of Janet there, and you'll see that she has information on her live presentations, her CE webinars, her wellness coaching, stress relief products. I'm interested to look at this Pillow Talk Sleep Program and also Calming Breath Meditation and her head-to-toe tension release. She also has a blog. There's resources. You can contact her there. And if you click on those CE webinars, you'll go over to SpectrumLifeWorks.com. And Janet, can you tell us a little bit about what happens over at Spectrum LifeWorks and what you're offering, especially for nurses in terms of continuing education? Sure. So I started my business, as I was saying, running basic, essentially a public seminar company. So for a number of years, hosting these full-day conferences at facilities in Massachusetts and New Hampshire. And then I started to, I was asked to deliver presentations 
from that, you know, contacts that I met, whether it was be at businesses or nursing conferences or schools. And then a few years ago, I decided that I wanted to come back to working more with nurses. And so I decided to launch the, the series of CE webinars. So they're all wellness topics. And I have one that's recorded, and I contracted, I think we have 11, 12 or 13 programs up there now. So I contracted other healthcare professionals, uh, behavioral psychologists, dietitians, um, registered, registered dietitians, excuse me, um, exercise physiologists to create programs around wellness topics. So they're all pre-recorded one-hour programs that are, are approved for one contact hour for nurses. It's a very simple process. They listen to a recorded PowerPoint presentation with audio. At the end of the program, an evaluation form automatically comes up. Fill out the, it's very simple. There's no post-test. It's just did the, were the objectives met? How did you rate the presenter and teaching methods and so forth? And then the nursing CE certificate is automatically available to print and to store in your account. So it's oh, that's yeah, simple, streamlined process. That's great. So these are really CE webinars for nurses, and they're related to stress management and good health and um, the ways to really take care of yourself and also educate others? Exactly. So because they're um, CE, there's all, in each one of them there's an element of how you can pass this information along to help other people. Um, so, for example, there's one about exercise, and it's how you can use some of the practices from coaching and behavioral psychology to help your clients be more physically active. There's a program called Healthy Eating for Less, so it's helping people identify low-cost ways of bringing more nutritional, nutritionally balanced foods into your diet. There's yoga as a therapeutic intervention uh, smoking cessation, drug-free alternatives to lowering cholesterol. So there are um, certainly things that you can use yourself, but also information that you can pass along to patients. Hmm. Well, that certainly sounds like chock full of information that I know I'm interested in knowing about well, uh, more on that one, and I will certainly be clicking more on that later. But... We uh, certainly don't want to go without. We have Linda on the line here, and I'm going to bring Linda on. And she, Linda is with us here live in the studio. And Linda, uh, you you had a comment uh, for Janet, and I just wanted you to just shout it out loud to the RNFM radio community. So I'm you're glad on. I'm to us. shout this out really loud to the RNFM community. I have heard Janet speak on several occasions, and she's a phenomenal speaker. She brings her really genuine desire to help people with her as well as um, a real humility. So she has a lot of expertise, but um, it's presented in a way that you feel like she's on the journey with you, which she is. And this is also part of the various um, educational products that she shares with people as well. So if you want to either see Janet in person or listen to one of her CDs, it's a real treat. And I was not paid for this. <laughs> Thank you, <Whoa>. Linda. 
That's yeah. What a well, wonderful you know, comment. Thank you so much. Well, it's all well, the truth, as Edith Ann would say. Well, it's it's nice for you to say that, Linda. And of course, Janet, please, by all means, take that compliment because I, I know it's well deserved. Um, but I think when we are on the path to a lifestyle change, some kind of modification, and you talked about modeling earlier. I've got three boys myself, and you know, I try to model behavior. You know, we try to have good behavior, model that, so that they, you know, they want to be more like us. And as Keith said, yes, I mean, there's every now and again, there's the sodas and the Doritos and the pizzas and whatnot. But you know, kids will be kids. Um, but that being said, what Linda had pointed out is that along the journey, the presence during the journey, because we, we know others are going through this, um, but there's still some kind of disconnect there, and it's hard to, whether it be self-motivation, uh, something intrinsic that we, you know, that we lack, but we need to do this for ourselves, we need to spend more time with ourselves and on ourselves and invest in ourselves. And so I like that idea of being more present and having someone along that journey with me um, as I'm kind of rewiring things in, in my own mind to say, you know what, I've got to spend more time on me um, so that I can sustain and feel good with what I'm doing personally and professionally. So I, I like that comment. And so kudos to you, Linda, for saying that because um, I, think, I think Janet, just from what I know already on this call, that I already feel like she's with me on this journey. Um, for my own self-care. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. Well, we we all are, and it, you know, like we've all said, it can be a challenge. You know, things come into our lives, and sometimes we get pulled off a little bit, and priorities shift. Um, but just keeping that in the forefront of our mind—that that's the place that we want to get back to, and recognizing recognizing inevitably how much better we feel and how much better we can take care of other people and other responsibilities when we do take care of ourselves. Right. And those aha moments, too, that I, I often echo to a lot of the clients that I work with um, professionally is that a lot of times we don't know how bad we feel physically and emotionally until we start actually focusing back on our own needs um, right. and our own self-care. And that's like the awakening moment, and that's the passion that you're just like, oh, please, just trust me. If we can just get to like you know, day three or day whatever it is, whatever program mm-hmm. they're working on, you, it's like you're going to know and like all of a sudden you just, you're going to want to scream, um, you know, joy, but, but at the same time like anger because you're like, why didn't I do this sooner? But still, you're just <laughs> going to be happy and more fulfilled um, and you just you want to help get people there. And, and I really feel like that's what you're trying to do. So, um, again, yeah, a, another it's... applause for No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I think that this is a particular challenge for nurses because everything that they do professionally is outwardly focused on taking care of their patients, their patients' families, supporting other staff members, and they kind of get lost in the shuffle as individuals, and the idea of taking time and energy to take care of yourself is almost like a radical shift in awareness. And Janet has a lovely, gentle way of of kind of introducing these concepts that's sort of like, oh, yeah, I, think I can do that. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Now, Linda, thanks for that comment. And are you a nurse yourself, I take oh, it? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And what have you seen that nurses do or don't do when it comes to their own wellness and self-care? Just a couple examples that that are pretty clear to you that happen all the time. 
I think the, the, the easiest one to identify is not eating right. Mm-hmm. Because, you mm-hmm. know, it's hard to take the time to take a real meal break or our schedules are really crazy and we're making sure that if we're a parent that, you know, the kids get their breakfast, but what about us? And mm-hmm. um, grabbing all the wrong things out of the vending machine and uh, coming home and being too exhausted to think about cooking and and taking something out of the freezer and putting it in the microwave. Right. And that, that's 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 so very human, but but if people can kind of step back and say, "All right, maybe I can make something where I've got leftovers and they're just kind of in rotation and I know mm-hmm. what goes into this." Exactly, right. And we've spoken with nurses, and I've written and talked about this before. Nurses on the floor, clients I've spoken to who say they don't have time to drink water during their shifts, or the administration doesn't allow the nurses to actually have water bottles in the nurse's station, but the doctors walk through with open cups of coffee when they walk to do their rounds. And then if they do manage to drink some water, then there's no time for bathroom breaks. So we've had all sorts of jokes about, um, you know, it's gallows humor, but talking about nurses having a, you know, like a um, one of those water packs on their back and being catheterized with a leg bag so that they can just keep running and never have to stop. And it's a sad statement, and we could do a great cartoon about that with a camelback and a leg bag and a and an indwelling catheter. But it's actually no joking matter. And I'm sure Linda and Janet, Kevin, I mean, we've all seen nurses who are undernourished, dehydrated having um, frequent UTIs and all sorts of horrible things going on in their lives because there's not even time for them to even think about caring for themselves. Right. That's so true. Absolutely. No, I remember those days working 12-hour shifts and not having anything to eat, really, you know, having a cup of tea early in the morning and, you know, sometime late in the afternoon grabbing something quickly, you know, going to the bathroom Mm -hmm. like eight hours into your shift, which is... You know, it's terrible, and I think back to it right. now. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, um, Janet, I was going um, oh, go well, to ask you, how do you think that we could reach um, that, that clinical personnel, like in those clinical settings? I mean, as a speaker, um, if you were going in front of a, a clinical um, crowd there, I mean, what do you think are some of the best approaches for them to engage in this? I mean, you know, because we always talk about, like, mandatory this and mandatory that. I mean, do we just, like, make, like, self-care mandatory? Like, you just have to do it. You got to get it done. <laughs> you know? So I'm well, sorry. Yeah. Um, I think for me, one of one of the big messages that I really focus on is just how much our own thinking and emotions um, affect our physical health as well. And I remember um, at one of my early conferences, I had a nurse come to the conference who I hadn't seen in years, and she was actually one of my mentors when I had first gone to one of the intensive care units at Brigham and Women's. And she came up to me at the break, and during the program, we, I had help, had people go through an exercise where they identified some of their stress warning signals, so whether it was physical or cognitive, behavioral, emotional. And she, helping people to understand just how much your thoughts and your emotions are affecting your physical health and also your behaviors. And she came up to me at the break, and she said, do you know it wasn't until I did this exercise that I ever put two and two together 
that the irritable bowel sy- syndrome that I had been diagnosed with and the migraine headaches that I've just recently started getting had anything to do with the divorce that I'm going through. She hmm. said, I just thought I was getting old. You know, she <laughs> thought right. that her health right. was changing. Um, so my, you know, certainly there's, you know, strategies within your workday, but what I really um, focus on a lot is helping people to understand how your own thinking and your emotions, that whole interconnectedness between thoughts, emotions, physical health, and your behavior. And, you know, as you start to become more self-aware through these practices, then I think you're better in tune with what your body needs. You know, it needs fluids, it needs food, it needs rest. Um, So I think that a lot of it, you know, the more self-aware you become, the less likely you are to allow your allow yourself to treat yourself that way basically um you know the more the more you begin to recognize the impact of these poor health practices on not only your physical health but your mental emotional health as well i think it all um it kind of helps to inspire you to to take better care of yourself physically as well well said, Janet. And Linda, before we go, I just wanted to ask if you have any last comments before we move on to the final segment of the show. No, I don't, but thank you very much for allowing me to be part of this conversation. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so in. much. Yeah, you added a lot to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Linda. Thanks, Linda. You're welcome, Janet. Okay. Good night. Good night. Well, Janet, that's lovely to have a fan call in and sing your praises on the air. Yeah, that was so sweet. That was very Mm -hmm. nice of her to do that. Yeah, that's lovely. Now, Janet, I know that there was something you wanted to talk about for our listeners in terms of your your CEUs and what you offer on Spectrum LifeWorks. Do you want to mention what what you had in mind? Sure. Um, So before the call, I set up a coupon code for any listeners, whether you're on the call live or listening at some point in the future recorded, because I'll keep the coupon up there. But if you would like to try one of the nursing CE webinars online, I have a coupon code that I set up that you can try a program for free. So the programs are $10 each for one program, one contact hour. And the coupon code is RN. FM radio. So it's RNFM radio. And you just put that in, no spaces or anything, put it in at checkout, and it will automatically take $10 off of the purchase of a CE webinar. Oh, okay. great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I you. And how long will. On- we hope so too. And how long will that be up, just so we can let people know on Facebook and Google Plus and on our other platforms? You know what? I hadn't really thought of putting it. <laughs> Uh, expiration, but sometimes that does help. <laughs> so I'll defer that to to you guys, if, because I know that sure. oftentimes people listen to your programs months later. They might tune they in. They do. So yeah, so they we do. we can certainly keep it up for you know for some months now to come. Well, I was going to say, as we, as we transition ourselves, all of us as a whole, because we always think, okay, we're getting into the next year. What are some goals I'm going to be setting for myself, and what am I actually going to invest in right now so that I'm ready to hit the ground running after Ju- January 1st, after the new year? Um, 
So yeah, if you're if you're open to that, we can certainly keep that open um, for the next month and a half or so. Maybe even sure. we'll leave it to you. Uh, maybe a little bit into January because I know people are a little bit late to the game and they start things up like mid January and into mm-hmm. February. But we'll certainly right. promote that. Um, oh, that would be great. Thank you. Help. Yeah, I'd love to get yes. more people tuning you know tuning into those and and watching them. Everybody that I contracted to create a program, you know, I highly respect and, you know, chose them carefully. They spent hours and hours researching and creating their PowerPoint slides, recording it, um, editing, you know, editing it. I did the editing and so forth and getting it up there. So um, I, all of the programs I, you know, think very highly of. Otherwise, I wouldn't have them up on my website. Mm, wonderful. Great. Thank you, Janet, so much. Sure. And Now, we only have a few minutes left, maybe five or seven minutes or so. So tell us a little something about what you have happening right now in your life in terms of new projects, new directions, anything for the new year that you're launching that you'd like to mention or call attention to or anything you're just really excited about. Sure. Well, one thing I, I didn't get to mention um, in terms of my nursing, you know, clinical nursing, is that for 20 years now, so a year before I actually left Brigham and Women's Hospital, I started working for a gentleman in his home who has muscular dystrophy. And I continue to work um, every Friday because that's typically um, not a day where I'm asked to do presentations. So I work a 10-hour shift for him. He has very advanced stage muscular dystrophy now. He's on a ventilator, um, you know, tube feedings. He's diabetic. But he is the most inspiring, amazing person I have ever met. Um, He is just so positive. He's been such a huge inspiration for me and, you know, really helped me through my challenge with the latex allergy because he was able to, in his home, get rid of all the latex for me, have only vinyl gloves, you know, there's nobody else working there at the time who's using latex. So that was a piece of my clinical nursing that I was able to continue. And I've actually started working on a book about my experience in being his nurse and friend for the last 20 years and all of the things that I've experienced with him and just how positively he lives his life. He has been on a ventilator since 1985, which is unbelievable to think that mm. you know he's been able to live at home for that long on a ventilator and he has far exceeded his life expectancy and i truly believe that his health and his happiness have so much to do with the way that he looks at life and just how positive and and resilient he is mm. so that's um an exciting project for me to be able to put my experience of working with him into writing and share that with people. Wow, well that's wonderful. It brings to mind Tuesdays with Maury and this is your Fridays with your client. Yeah. And it sounds like yeah. it's really been a life-changing experience for you on many, many levels over 20 years. Right, definitely. So this is, mm. um, yeah, witnessing just, just, I have so many stories of um, times that we've shared together and ways that he has expressed, you know, his gratitude and generosity and just the positive spirit that he has that really I think have had such a huge impact on his physical health and being able to 
stay at home on a ventilator and and still he works you know full time he's involved in with his friends and his family so goes to concerts and art museums and it's he just it's amazing really Wow, and I was going to say, if that's not motivation enough for some of us out there who are, are quite a bit more able-bodied, then you might want to check the, you know, recheck things and rewire and tweak uh, the attitude to to get your get up off your duff and get moving right. and into life. Um, right. And of course, I didn't want to be, you know, I, not in a negative way. I'm just saying that there are a lot of obstacles that we place in front of ourselves, and it's truly unfortunate. But we need to get those out of the way. Um, and and just get to it, you right? Know. So definitely. That's very inspiring. Very inspiring. Yeah. And so you know he doesn't. I mean, and that helped me certainly put my situation in per, into perspective, and and a lot of the little things that you might otherwise complain about. But you know he doesn't look at himself as a victim, and he's been able to, you know, create this very fulfilling, meaningful life despite his physical disabilities. So it's right. Very, and it's just interesting that I met him and started working with him before I had any real knowledge of mind-body health and just the power of our thoughts and our emotions and attitude. And as I became more experienced in that area, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, he's living this example of, of all of these practices and, and just how powerful they can be, simple things like gratitude and generosity and, um, you know, any all these positive emotions and how we can express them and how they will affect our physical health and our happiness. Hmm. Well, Janet, you are speaking our language this entire hour. It's just been such a pleasure. And I want to make sure before we finish up that everyone knows to go to JanetFontana.com. And if you don't remember Spectrum LifeWorks, Dot com, which is easy to remember, but if you can't remember, just go to JanetFontana.com and then go to CE Webinars, and you'll find all the information there on these CEs. And there's $10 off if you use the coupon code RNFMRADIO anytime in the next, I don't know, we said probably till sometime in January, to get $10 off some CEUs that will help you maintain your nursing license, but also help you maintain or improve your health. So, Janet, we're really excited about this story that you're writing about the book, and we'd love to hear about it once you're closer to publication. Can you keep us posted on that as it sure. comes closer to fruition? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, great, great. Well, Janet Fontana, thank you again for being with us. We'll make sure all this information gets out on all of our platforms for people to go to JanetFontana.com and all of your platforms. And... On Twitter, we know that you are at nurses for the number four wellness. So please follow her on Twitter as well. She has a great Twitter feed, and please befriend her there and follow her. Thank so, you. Janet, we wish you a very happy holiday season and a happy new year, and we hope to have you back on the show in 2014. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you for not only having me on your show, but for what you're doing for the nursing profession and getting helping entrepreneurs get the word out, but also helping people who might be considering nurse entrepreneurship to learn a little bit more about, you know, what the possibilities are. So thank you for, for helping all of us. Well, thank you, Janet. Our pleasure, Janet. Um, 
much. Yep, and you're Happy a resource. Happy holidays and it's be- to you and to yep. everyone listening. Yep. Happy holidays to you, and it's because of you being such a great resource that we have this show. So. Anyway, yes, happy holidays, and 2014, we will definitely have you back on a daytime slot. Sure, I'd love to. That would be awesome. Okay. Great. All right. All right. Well, have, have a good rest of your evening. Thank you. You guys, too. Bye-bye. Good night. Well, Kevin, like I said, she really was speaking our language, wasn't she? Well, she was. You know, it's interesting, Keith, because um, I part of what I was thinking about when when I was asking about how she speaks to clinicians and how we, how we do this, how do we do this? Um, because it's almost as if we've, it, we're in this mindset of one-upping each other as far as, well, yeah, I haven't used the bathroom in six hours. Well, guess what? I haven't gone all shift. Well, guess what? I haven't gone since yesterday. I mean, it's almost like one of those things where, um, and, and it's not even just nurses who do this too. I mean, even in the corporate world, it's like, well, yeah, I, I did 10 hours today, or I did 12 hours, or I did 15. I mean, it's all about, like, one-upping each other. And quite frankly, I think we kind of need to get in a mindset of one-upping each other about how much we're taking care of ourselves. Um, right. And, you know, just saying, well, this is what the cool kids are doing. So I'm doing what the cool kids are doing, and I'm taking care of me. Right. Like, look at my skin turger. See how hydrated I am during this shift? <laughs> <laughs> Pinch yeah. my hand. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. I don't want to hang out with you. You've got skin tinting. We're not doing that. You know, get away. This, That's you right. Know, this is the cool club. The cool club is self-care. Hashtag self-care. Right. This is where we're, all the coolness is. Right. I'm only hanging out with you at the nurse's station if your urine is clear. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. you know, right. there's, there is a certain level of, I don't know what you'd call it, bravado maybe, of nurses, you know, it's like, oh, this is my third 12-hour shift in a row. I haven't slept since Thursday, you know, that sort of thing. And, of course, doctors get that in their training as well, though I know there have been laws passed to decrease the number of hours that interns and residents are awake without ever sleeping or eating. Um, But that level of self-care isn't really discussed. So, you know, we all have to discuss it amongst ourselves. And I know there are some progressive nursing schools out there, uh, Northern New Mexico College being one in Española, New Mexico, where they really do several sections on self-care for nurses. So there are places out there that are bringing that conversation to life, but not that many. So we really do need to keep talking about it amongst ourselves. I would agree. And, you know, earlier on, too, I, it, I wanted to build on what Janet was saying about, you know, the latex allergy. And there are many nurses out there who do feel trapped because um, maybe they injured themselves on the job or maybe it's just the stress of the job and they feel like they can't do it anymore physically. And they leave the industry because they feel like they have no choice in the matter. They don't, they don't know what else they can do. And we are experts. And there are people out there that will pay us for basically the stuff that we have in our heads and the experience that we have as you know within our careers and it's true i mean rnfm radio exists as a platform to shout out loud and reach a nursing audience who could be interested in something and might have uh an offering that people are willing to pay for and we just hope that we're reaching that crowd to let you know like hey listen um it's you're not trapped it's not too late and you can have choice in what you do, um, and certainly, hopefully, we can at least provide you with something 
that is going to affect some kind of positive change for you and motivate you in some way. And that's, you know, we always say that, and it is a mantra that we speak around here. And I'm just glad that, you know, Janet was able to take, you know, her um, negative experience and really turning into something positive, not only for herself, but then she transferred that into like a business and now she actually helps others. And she's not the only one doing that. Right. That's what we often use the term leveraging, leveraging one's own experience or excitement or passion into something you can actually do aside from bedside nursing if you really want to move on to something new. And we have a bunch of people coming on the show. Gosh, there's several every month, if not more than several, who've done just that. And there's quite a few coming up. So we will talk about them in a few minutes. So, Kevin, anything else before we move on to uh, what's coming up over the next month or so? Um, well, no, not nothing specifically. I um, certainly, again, just want to thank Janet because, again, it was very eye-opening. And I could tell, Keith, you were certainly in touch with that. And um, I just wanted to reiterate to folks out there about, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's great to have that choice because I will admit um, – I've got some projects going on, and it has caused me to work a little bit more than I usually have been lately. Um, and I and I don't I'm not bragging, um, but sometimes it's a seven day a week stretch. But here's the thing, um, just like today, I was able to walk out on my front porch. It was beautiful today, and I could sit on my front porch just for you know some moments there and just kind of meditate and have the sun beating down on my face, and I didn't have any. Um, beeping monitors or patients who needed me at that moment or anything. Well, not that I have pa- patients in my house or whatever, but I was working from home. I and I just, No, no, no. But I was able to just take a moment. Um, mm-hmm. And so you can do that too, again, in being an entrepreneur for sure. So um, it's just, it's a success that I think just keeps transferring into everything that I do um, as an entrepreneur. So I just well, I that's just great. Shout that out there. Yeah. So that's great, Kevin. It was a beautiful day here in Santa Fe too. And around two o'clock, I realized, you know, I could just keep working and working and working. But I forced myself literally to put on my jacket, put on my scarf, and I walked down the Santa Fe River uh, along the bike path for about thirty minutes because I knew, and I know from all the studies and everything that I just know intuitively that taking that thirty-minute break actually makes me more productive and happier in the end than kind of muscling through and keeping on working just because I feel like I should. So I turned that around and said, no, I should actually go out and get some exercise. So I went for a really nice 30-minute brisk walk, and it did me a world of good. So you and I were probably out there in the sunshine at the same time in our different abodes taking care of ourselves this afternoon. So glad to hear that. Well, Glad to hear and it's, it's success. Well, and like I said, and it's it's that's just the successful way to be. I mean, you know, I feel successful when I'm able to make those decisions for myself. Um, but speaking of success, I did want to give another shout out um, uh, for our sponsors, DegreeStory.com, and to let nurses know. I mean, there's no reason why you wouldn't want to share some little inkling about what it's like to be a nurse. We talked a a little bit about that tonight, and we do every night uh, that we're on the show and every afternoon on Wednesday that we're on the show. Um, So head on over to DegreeStory.com. And, of course, the contest is Nursing Unveiled. And what you want to do is submit your story for a chance to win a $1,000 Amazon gift card 
first prize, second prize, $500 Amazon gift card, and third prize, $200 Amazon gift card. And the uh, contest, the writing contest, is it ends on December 4th. Now, when I say writing, they just there's a form right there in the link. Just submit your story. It doesn't have to be pretty or elaborate or whatever because you know what? You've got a cool story. We know you've got a cool story in you, and Degree Story wants to know about it. I certainly want to know about it. So head on over there and get in there to get a chance to win an Amazon gift card, especially with the holidays coming up. I mean, come on. I mean, i got three kids. I know there's some folks out there that are thinking about, oh, my gosh, you know, um, i, I got to swing this and that. So that would certainly make somebody's holiday uh, much better, I would say. But, of course, not to mention you're going to be among many other great nurses sharing your wonderful story. So. That's right. Well, we just tweeted that out, Kevin, and we'll make sure we get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. But that's DegreeStory.com. Tell your story. Maybe I'll do the same. I'll give it some thought. I have a lot of other things to do, but $1,000 gift card would you know, be a nice thing to have, so I'll give that some thought. Anyway, Kev, we have some great shows coming up. We have one more show this week, actually Wednesday, the day after tomorrow, November 20th. We have Laurel Lewis, the wonderful Laurel Lewis, who was one of our first guests on RNFM Radio back in 2012. She just brought her death and dying dinner parties here to Santa Fe, and it was a huge hit. And I just want to give her a plug that there's a new Showtime series about death and dying that's airing right now. And Laurel was actually the hospice and death and dying consultant for that show, and she's featured in episode number three. So don't miss Laurel Lewis this Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern on RNFM Radio, talking about all of her experiences with death and dying and her new experience consulting as a nurse for Showtime. So that could be you someday too, folks. And then the week of Thanksgiving next week, we are not going to be broadcasting. We're going to be enjoying the Thanksgiving week with our friends and families. But we'll be back on Monday, December 2nd with members of One Nurse at a Time. And One Nurse at a Time is a volunteer organization that helps nurses do volunteer work all over the world, and we'll be talking with two members of One Nurse at a Time about nurse volunteering. And on December 4th, which is a Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, we're going to have Gary Bronga. We met him at the National Nurses and Business Association Conference in Orlando in October. He's not a nurse, but he's an inventor, and he will talk all about patents, copyrights, trademarks, and how to take an idea to fruition and actually invent something and make money doing it. So Gary is really the man when it comes to patents, trademarks, and all the stuff you'd ever want to know about actually creating your own product. And we have three other great guests coming up in December, including Denise Cope, a death and dying specialist on the 9th, Donna Cardillo, the foremost nursing career expert in the country on the 11th, and one other guest in mid-December as well before our Christmas New Year's break. So, Kevin, it's going to be a great month, and we're going to be winding down or winding up towards our 100th episode in late January. Indeed, indeed. It is going to be an exciting time here at RNFM Radio. And I can't believe we'll have had 100 episodes. What are we going to I do? Know. There's going to be something special. You just wait. You something. just tune in for episode 100 because it is going to be off the hook and there's going to be something happening. I don't know what's going to be happening, but it's happening. That's right. So there be there definitely will be applause. <laughs> 
that. Right. And right. there'll be all sorts of things, probably some giveaways too. So definitely that'll be the last Wednesday afternoon in January. So stay tuned for that. So anyway, Kevin, I'm going to point everyone over to rnfmradio.com where they can listen to our archive shows, read our blog posts, and follow our Twitter feed, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash rnfmradio. There's lots happening and it's going to be a great end of 2013 and beginning of 2014. So, Kevin, I will talk to you in two days on Wednesday with Laurel Lewis. And I'm going to let you wrap up the show, say goodnight to everyone, and we'll be back in less than 48 hours. Sounds great, Keith. You have a good rest of your evening, and I'll catch you on the flip-flop on Wednesday afternoon with Laurel. It's going to be a great show. So, uh, as always, it is a pleasure spending my evening, day, or whatever hour or month uh, with you, Keith. And, of course, all of you out there, uh, the RNFM radio community, I really appreciate it. Keith appreciates it, and quite frankly, just the whole family here just appreciates it. We hope that you in some way have felt uplifted, motivated, ready for something that moves the needle for you. And if you don't, well, tune back in because I'm sure you will because we have so much that will help you innovate and create, find passion in your life and your career each and every day. You've got to keep caring for yourself as we talked about tonight while caring for others. And as always, we look forward to having you back here with us again on RNFM Radio. Good night, everybody.